0: All right, here we go. Today is... Monday, June 5th, 2017, and this is episode 192 of the Defensive Security Podcast. My name is Jerry Bell, and joining me tonight, as always, is Mr. Andrew Kellett. Howdy, Jerry.
1: And I just want to say right up front, if the listeners could hear what we talk about before we start recording, it would be ugly.
0: Yeah, they're, it would curl their hair.
1: You think what Kathy Lee Gifford's going through right now is
0: bad? <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. Some, and, and you know, the NSA those... right now is trying to go, rewind, 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 rewind. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, what what were they talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, they know exactly what we're talking about. They've got like 18 bugs in our houses. You know that.
0: Yeah, well, it doesn't mean they're paying attention. Well, that's, that's true. Anyway. Anyway, Hi. Hi. We are. We are. Uh, we, it's our triumphant re 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 return. Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, because cause last weekend I was I was out of the country.
0: Yeah, that's right. You were uh, yeah, was res- rescuing Bob in uh, Bermuda or something, right?
1: Well, it turned out he didn't need as much rescuing as I thought he did. Okay. As he's you know sipping champagne with the Swedish bikini team, he seemed fine. I think he exaggerated his peril a little bit. What to face but, the perils? he's 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 back on the job now good, and, good apparently he knows something about this this you know odd situation with this very oddly named girl who leaked data to the intercept
0: oh uh, reality winner yes that's, yeah which it's a great name uh not sure why i didn't think about that name for my kids anyway um <laughs> it's not too late yes so, uh, just, to, just a reminder, uh, speaking of that, that, the thoughts and opinions we express on this show are ours and do not represent those of our employers. So, um, you know, having said all of that, let's get into some stories. So, the first thing we have tonight comes from CSO Online, and the title is, Sometimes it is necessary to bend the rules a bit. Thousands of lawyers and risk and control people just cried out in their sleep so um so this this is the uh the result of an extensive survey of 110 people did
1: did you say 110
0: yeah yeah but but it's okay it's all right all right so um sure. one-fifth of those 110 oh i guess it's only 22 people isn't it um commonly uh you know commonly circumvent controls either daily or weekly uh, and by the way, interestingly, uh, the most common industry because I because this this very expansive uh, survey of 110 people was you know what, they they spanned many many different industries. I guess as many as you can do with 110 people, um, and they found that that the most egregious offenders were in finance, real, and and the worst were in. Manufacturing, and I got to thinking. I wonder if that has any. Anything- wait,
1: wait. You said the worst were in finance, and the worst were in manufacturing. Uh, the,
0: the the best. Oh, the, the, right. the best were in, uh, in manufacturing. manufacturing. Sorry. Okay.
1: All right. No, that's cool. Well, carry on.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so I got to I got to thinking. Well, I wonder. You know, is that because like people in finance are, you know, are nefarious, evil doers, or is it because there's a lot more controls to have? They have to deal with in finance
1: right if you're dealing with five thousand laws you're more likely to break one than yeah. if you're dealing with fifty
0: yeah yeah, so anyway um <laughs> this uh the, you know that this article was apparently written you know because there is an entire industry um that apparently is built around helping you to simplify your security controls, because apparently Mm. one one of the, you know, one of the, the, the hypothesis put forward in the article is that, you know, there's just too many rules, right? And so if you, if you can, if you can consolidate your rules down and, you know, look for things that are common across your different regulations and you build like one authoritative set, then, you know, there's a lot less for people to to pay attention or need to pay attention to. And therefore, you know, they're much, much more likely, to fall in line and there, you know, there's, there's, you know, GRC programs that will, will help you do that. And
1: that's what this. So what you're saying is instead of trying to follow the eight different frameworks, we generate one more framework. That's a superset of the other frameworks.
0: That's correct. And now we have nine. Hmm. Yes. I'm sure that will work in exceedingly well. Good luck with that. Yes. Uh, but you know, point is people do work around uh, their, you know, technical control or sec, sec, i should say people work around your policy controls which is why in my view at least you, you have to figure out where that line of demarcation is that you need to flip over into technical controls right
1: you know i was thinking about this story too and this is something that i've i haven't fully formulated this thought properly yet but i'll throw it out there just for sake of discussion so uh, a TV show I, I watch with with the wife is called The Americans, and it's about Russian spies who pose as Americans in the U.S. in the '80s. But in the current season, they spend a lot of time in Russia, and they they are following the storyline where these basically government agents are investigating corruption in the food service industry and in the in the basically the grocery stores over there in the 80s and as it comes out in in the course of the season that basically when they start to try to punish people for this it, it, the feedback is this is the way this corruption this this pay-to-play this this favors to get better food that that you're trying to stop us from is the way the entire country works that the fundamental way that you designed it failed and so we have come up with another way that actually allows it to function that you call corruption. Hmm. And I was trying to somehow see if I could torture a parallel out of that into times where our employees violate controls because they need to get something done or, or the systems that were built in place or the policies or the regulations aren't working for the way that that particular person is incentivized or judged or measured. And so they need to find a quote-unquote corrupt way of getting something
0: done. Yeah, and people are endlessly creative and, and if properly motivated, they'll they'll find a way to make it work. So,
1: I don't know. I was I need to think about this a little bit more, I think, before I fully understand what it is I'm trying to say here. But I wonder if there's something to be said there where if you're seeing a high level of infractions around your your company policies maybe that is indicative that your company policies uh, don't work
0: yeah i i think that's that that is one of the you know the points that's buried in in the story here is that you know it it is probably a good idea to, if you have the the ability to right um to to track those non compliances to see you know is there a trend is is there is there something there that's indicative that you're you know it's that your policies are the problem and, and not necessarily the people uh, you know having said that we can't apply patches reliably <laughs> This seems like a level of sophistication that might be out of reach you know reach.
1: for reasons yeah there
0: there are reasons sure absolutely you know um, and now, I you know the the other interesting thing that occurred to me with this one is, you know, I've been railing on the GDPR quite a bit lately. Uh, things like this seem to contravene GDPR, or or you know, um, maybe not contravene. That's just too strong of a word, right? But you know, w- when you start collecting this kind of metrics about uh, you know employee performance tends to you know here in the u.s it's really no no question about it but in other countries that's not necessarily a given you know either either due to privacy laws or um you know labor laws and and even negotiated labor agreements so you know this is um not not necessarily a, a universal truth
1: yeah sure i mean many cultures have different different takes
0: on this stuff certainly so anyway um Moving on to our next story, which comes from Security Week. And the title is Nature versus Nurture is Bad Cybersecurity in Our DNA. This, this story raised my blood pressure a lot. And, and what do we know about stories that have a question in the headline? Usually, no. Right. Uh, so, you know, there were a couple of interesting uh, you know, comments in here. Um, one was kind of the, I'd say the most troubling, right? That, that, that you know they're they're um you know, they're kind of railing on, in in particular WannaCry. You know how in the aftermath of WannaCry, you know a lot of the industry did you know, did a pretty good job of pulling together and getting information out, but at the same time you had these you know infosec marketing companies kind of running out with their webinars and, you know, trying to sell their, you know, their their machine learning and artificial intelligence and blah, blah, blah. And his point is, which uh-huh. I think is, you know, salient. Like, you know, you didn't need machine learning and artificial intelligence and all that other crap. Like you just had to patch and, <laughs> and, and, you know, couldn't even do that or, or upgrade. And, you know, we we couldn't even do those basic things. You know, apparently because we can't afford it. So what makes you think that we can afford this artificial intelligence thing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, because everybody's trying to solve a problem. So if if the marketing message says you clearly are failing to be able to patch successfully for reasons, capital R, this will help you solve that problem in a different way, resonates right, wrong, or indifferent.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I w- I'm listening to a um, a book. On, it's an M- one of the MBA on on you know Audible MBA books, and they were talking about mm-hmm. how every you know every marketing pitch needs to solve a particular either you know pain point or pleasure point. Right, and you know you, you, what you just said makes a lot of sense. Now, y- the other thing that that really bothered me is you know he 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 says basically he concludes that. You know, bad cybersecurity is not in our DNA. Like there are other industries, you know, there there are shining examples, uh, you know, in the world that we can point to. Like some of, for instance, some of the companies did a great job with WannaCry, and so we know that you know that that works. And then he goes on and he points out two specific industries that, you know, these 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 two industries, they do it right. One my is blood a- pressure is starting to go up again. One is aviation, uh, and the other one is automotive. Oh my god! And now I, I, I can kind of <sighs> see where they're going. I, 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 I kind of see it, right? I think what he's talking about is not cybersecurity as it relates to either aviation or automotive. I mean, Lord knows we know that people no, make no. planes well, fly sideways, <sighs> right? I'm
1: going to get a nitroglycerin pill and put it under my tongue. <laughs>
0: um, and you know, and 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 you know, we all know what happened with the jeep and and you know, remotely hacking the jeeps. But I think what they're talking about, I think, is is kind of the feedback loop of you know improving the safety of airplanes. Um, you know, and I uh, kind of see it a little bit on the cars with airbags and crumple zones and all that crap. You know, anti-lock brakes. But still, a lot of people die in cars, right? I mean,
1: so, 2015, most recent year for stats. Let me back up. Let me set the stage, because this drives me crazy. So, ultimately, earlier in the, in the story, he, he starts to say things like, we should be holding software and hardware manufacturers liable for security industry issues. Uh, we should show that, you know, marketing folks are, are, are at, at fault for... Uh, Overselling their products, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, he did say, you know, I, I I did want to point out he he did say the way he contexted the you know the liability thing was more than average, which right. is itself a problematic concept. But <laughs> right.
1: So, quoting from the article, we can take inspiration from this new biological discipline. By this, he's talking about how. You know, immune system gets stronger with genetic diversity and such, right? Uh, we can apply some of the premises to our own predicament. In our case, though, instead of genes, we must look at corporate culture and governance, market regulation, even how we conduct geopolitics to change how we approach cybersecurity. We must also look at two other industries, such as aviation and automotive, to understand how they regulate safety and security effectively and still stay profitable and competitive. wait. Uh, the, the the final paragraph he has this statement the increasing cost of security is becoming unsustainable so
0: so it's both unsustainable and can be sustained
1: <laughs> well he's arguing that philosophical objections to regulation aside we must regulate almost everything else the question is only to what degree and how here is why i think his entire argument falls apart First of all, he's trying to say that aviation and automobile industries have figured out how to balance safety, i.e. risk, to an acceptable level and remain profitable. So now I go back to the point I was about to make. 2015, the year that we have the most reliable stats in the U.S., 35,092 Americans died in automobile accidents in 2015. That's is an acceptable level of risk to our organiz- to to our society yep right, but it is by no means safe yeah thirty five thousand people died right that's not
0: safe but but I, but but i think the point i think the point that he's on is that you know there is a they they, they do sell cars right car <laughs> right. car companies sell cars and they continue to make them safer and there's a regulatory regime around it and planes even more so right but i think the thing that it okay, negates. Let's look, let's
1: look at aviation let's look at aviation for a moment he says that they've they've able to achieve it profitably that is incredibly false the aviation industry has gone through tremendous upheaval multiple bankruptcy cycles contraction and to to a point now where we've gotten tremendous creative destruction if you will in the market to get to a point where those industries are somewhat profitable. But they've had so many years of low profitability and so many bankruptcies, I can't possibly say. Now, what has happened is that we have tremendously strong regulation over the safety of aviation, but that also comes at a cost. And that cost is the cost of, of the tickets, the cost of all of the the things involved with making that airline safe, and all the regulations that go with that. But to say, let's adapt this back to just let's pick up Windows for a moment, an operating system. We want an operating system that's safer. Okay, you can have it. Are you willing to take ten years to develop it and pay ten thousand dollars a copy? No, we're not. So what he's saying is that the free market, we're too stupid to make the risk trade off ourselves, So the government should do it for us.
0: But by, by the way, there was, a, there was a great quote that I just, I, I wanted to throw in related to airlines and profitability. This was from Richard Branson. He said, if you want to be a millionaire, the best way is to start with a billion dollars and launch an airline.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so... He's taking a very myopic view, so you take this increasing cost of security is becoming unsustainable, really so let' me take a step out of my role as an infosec guy for a moment and say, "Is it really unsustainable? Do I see companies going out of business because of the cost of security? Do I see people having huge earning misses because of the cost of security
0: no no and, and so I think the other the other thing that we have to recognize and you know this is this comes up in a lot of different contexts is that there is almost no barrier to entry in the IT what I'll, what I'll frame is the IT integration business like you you know if you have slapped together a home network you know you can put out a shingle and go you know go right. work at a company and set up you know
1: and how many jobs has that created how much wealth has that created how much creative Capital has that created? How much has it changed the world because of the low barrier to entry? Yeah. You know, it, it's like saying, okay, if we go back to the, to the automobile example, which is the best one I can pick on here, because he's ignoring the fact that 35,000 people died. What he's saying is that automobiles are safe. That's like saying, we want cars that never crash. Oh, but we still want to go 85 miles an hour. And we still want to drive ourselves, and we don't want too harsh a penalty for a speeding ticket or a minor offender bender uh, that would, you know, predict that we're a bad driver and likely cause an accident. We just want a little slap on the wrist from society. We, as a society, have accepted that risk trade-off. Yeah. So for him to say the automobile industry is safe and well-regulated is not true. Not by any definition of safety. I can think of with thirty-five thousand people die. But it's what we have chosen, as a society, as the proper level of risk, and we very slowly, incrementally, have added more requirements to automobile manufacturers as that technology has dropped in price.
0: Yeah, see, I th- I, I think he's talking about when he's when he says automotive, you know, automotive and air, and uh, aviation. I think he's talking about the people that make the cars and the people that make the planes. Right. I, don't, I don't think he's talking about the people that drive the cars and crash and, and the people who run the okay. airlines who, and make so the money. So I
1: could argue that Windows or any of the other technologies are perfectly safe when run properly. Yeah. Our problem is that we don't, quote unquote, run them properly. So I, I, whose fault is that? If we don't change the default password on our, <laughs> on our, on our camera, on our security camera,
0: yeah, I, I think
1: <laughs> and it becomes a botnet. <laughs> right. Whose fault is that? Well, we lambast the company who made the product. Right. But to this particular example and to the way that you're arguing this, we shouldn't.
0: Yeah. Yep, yeah, fair enough.
1: I mean, look, our biggest act of terrorism ever in the United States was caused
0: by airplanes. Yeah, but, but it wasn't the airplane's fault, though. Agreed. And, and you know, so...
1: Anyway. But again, you can't argue both sides of this like he's arguing, which is that we want the freedom to do what we want and we want low cost. Oh, but we don't trust those people to run their gear properly.
0: Yeah, I, I think what they, I, I think what they want is IT stuff that has all the sharp, pointy edges filed off. I, I mean, I, honestly, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Then you get away from general-purpose computing. Yeah, well, I think you're, I think you're right.
1: Because that's the fundamental problem, is that we have general purpose computers that can be reprogrammed to do other things.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> so, this one got out of my skin a little bit. Just a little bit. So, yeah, let's let's move on.
1: I haven't had a good ride on the show in a
0: while. I need to throw one out there. True, true. All right. So, moving on to our next story, which comes from Naked Security. The title here is... Uh, one login warns that attacker could be able to decrypt data. Woo! So, one login is uh, you know single sign-on provider. They uh, they apparently had a a pretty significant breach. You know, ac- according to information they've actually published, what what apparently happened was they run their infrastructure up in amazon or in in aws some attacker um uh, obtained their uh, their api key from a third party i guess from a a vendor of one login they <laughs> logged into one login uh aws portal and created a couple of what what they call in this article reconnaissance images and so they use those reconnaissance images apparently to uh, to penetrate the production instances the production databases and you know to to, to listen to or to read the way that uh you know, one login put it they you know th- the attackers were able to uh you know get data straight out of the database tables they do encrypt the data however they mentioned that they're not entirely sure that the you know, that the attackers don't have the ability to decrypt it you know the, the the data so they they basically issued a statement saying if you are a one login customer you pretty much have to start over got to change your certificates you got to change your passwords you've got to reestablish you know all the trust the, the entire shot so you know
1: that's ugly now before everybody starts saying it I still support the use of password managers a bigger threat to have your password reused?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure this one is a password manager. I no, mean, no, it's
1: not. But but a lot of people have jumped off to that tangent on Twitter.
0: Well, that, yeah. that's this, really is, true. this
1: is this is a, a single sign-on provider, uh, you know, which yeah. is a more a bigger, more corporate version of, <laughs> of password managers.
0: Yeah. So uh, so anyway, uh, um, I suspect you know th- we, this is kind of that back to that. That concentration risk we've talked about in the past, right? Where uh-huh. you know, th- look, we we don't know if we don't know who breached it, why they breached it, if they in fact were able to, you know, to get the the information, you know, the, the actual decrypted information out of the system. Um, you know, all we know is 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 what's here. So it's entirely possible that this was kind of like uh, you know the Aurora attacks against RSA. You know, it was intended to. You know, t- to facilitate access to some end target, but I think that's the you know, kind of the the concern going forward with some with these kind of centralized services is that they are now a big you know centralization of risk. They're a big target. Right. Blah blah blah. So,
1: but I think that's going to continue.
0: Well, I, I know it's going to continue, and th- this
1: is such a tough one to plan around and it, It's it sort of. I don't have a lot of good advice on how to how to avoid this one. <laughs> Pick your vendor carefully, but what was the indication ahead of time that this would have happened? It's a tough one.
0: Yeah, there, there really wasn't, and you know, as far as we can tell, the the uh, you know, the vendor here or uh, OneLogin actually did a, a respectable job of you know, of responding. They they don't appear to be you know unreasonably secretive about what happened and. That sort of thing, uh, you know, the, took the response pretty seriously. Obviously, I'm sure they all wish this wouldn't have happened. Uh, but, but you know, it, it, if you do outsource, kind of key components of your 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 security infrastructure, you know, th- this is probably a good a um, you know, good tabletop exercise fodder. So, you know, how, how would you quickly <laughs> respond to this?
1: I don't know. I think it gets scary at that point. But then you've got to balance that with, okay, what is the business enablement and benefits you're getting from using a service like this?
0: You well, know, I'm, we can so easily focus on the
1: pocket cases
0: of yeah, it I, I, biting I mean, us. I'm absolutely not advocating, you know, uh, no, staying know away. I'm just saying that.
1: You know. I'm just saying in general.
0: Yeah.
1: We on the security side end up focusing so much on the how we can get bit by something that we fail to look at the benefits it brings.
0: Correct. I, I hear that a lot, by the way, of, about my, uh, my railing on active directory, like, you know, that I am very short sighted in my, my, my deep seated dis disdain for it. So, well, I mean, you're probably hearing that cause it's true. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Carry um, on. Anyway, uh, moving on to our last story for today. The title here is "Defense Contractor Left Sensitive Pentagon Files on Amazon Server with No Password." Because that's what you do, right? Yeah. So our our good friend Chris Vickery is at it again. Apparently, at a different company. Um, you know, th- this time Cr- Chris, had, he he is, uh, you know, the kind of the data equivalent of a bloodhound you know a, a drug dog or i guess just just seems to be at the right place at the right time on amazon's cloud to find data so um, oh. so apparently he found a, a, a he was trawling through s3 buckets and he found as, as you do as, as for, one is known to do that's makes for an exciting saturday night if you ask me <laughs> uh, so anyway um you know he 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 found a cache of it was 28 gigabytes in size and had 60,000 files including um, including things like passwords and some of these passwords apparently belong to people who have top secret clearance it's not really entirely clear what the password what those passwords were for there apparently was a password for another S3 bucket that was password encrypted but because Chris Vickery is, uh, you know, is one of the good guys. He didn't actually try to log in and see what was in that other S3 bucket. But this, uh, this data is owned by the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and probably, uh, you know, it's probably nothing really important. Um, now, apparently, this was um. this, by the way, was not um, not allegedly not classified information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just in case, uh, the you know the uh, the government asked um, chris's company to not uh, destroy any records associated with (laughs) with the the data he found Um, so
1: you know sure it's completely innocent nothing to see here
0: and 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 i found it really interesting that apparently he uh uh, back i guess it was in april found another cache of, of information that apparently was the out was the result of a, uh, of an applications uh, vulnerability assessment. Uh, but at the time he really didn't know who, you know, who, which application or who owned that application. But I guess once, once he started looking through this data, it became pretty clear that the data he found before was an application assessment about the data that he just found here. So, uh, it seems yeah. like there might be a trend line, by the way, the, um, you might, you might be surprised to find out that the contractor who did this was uh, Booz Allen Hamilton. hmm mm-hmm. um, Because they, they, they don't really have problems like that.
1: Uh, you know, abstracting away from this particular c- circumstance, I think this is going to keep happening. I think that we've commoditized the ability to spin up IT infrastructure to be so easy and quick and cheap. We're going to keep running into this sort of situation where data is escaping control of corporate... Uh,
0: no question about it absolutely absolutely and in fact, there was a story we uh, you know, we didn't have a show during the you know last last weekend, but there was a show or sorry well there was a story about um uh, a, a bunch of backup uh, um i guess it was a w s snapshots that, uh-huh. that were not supposed to be published publicly actually you know being found uh posted publicly because people i guess don't really understand what they're doing and i i think that you know we we have as an industry we've gone way too far from one end of the extreme you know and i'm and i'm mostly talking about you know you know the the the, the bigger corporate type environments you know going from you know highly rigid and process oriented to you know completely the other way where i i don't think we have we often don't really understand fully the technologies that we're using like we know how to make it work to the point where you know it does what we want it to do but we don't fully understand
1: we certainly don't understand the risks we're accepting right and by we i mean broadly as a, as a society yeah you know we in the it security industry have enough trouble understanding that when we expect folks who are not it security experts who are spinning this stuff up because it's so trivially easy to, to know that wow that is tough Exactly. I, I don't. I don't have a good answer for this yet. I don't. I don't think it's going away either. I think it's going to get a lot worse, and I don't know how to fix that yet. Um, well, it's going to get ugly.
0: If we if we could figure it out, I'm sure we could make a bunch of money. You yep. know, just get some marketing folks. That's right. Start telling to buy our blinky box. Write some ads. Yep. Uh-huh. Or write write some um, so, some you know articles content. Yep. That's, that's all it takes. <laughs> So anyway, uh, that is the show for this week. I definitely appreciate your time, and again, thank you to all of those who donated to our, our Patreon campaign. That that is, uh, is, is nice. Uh, it makes us feel good. And you know, we'll, we'll Andy and I have to get together and, and figure out what you know what productive, creative use we can put some of that money towards that, that's in excess of what we used to pay the bills. You mean uh, after
1: all the hookers and blow that you've been buying? yeah can we edit that part out yeah (laughs) i don't don't think i'm supposed to say that (laughs) darn it
0: um no uh, but in
1: all seriousness thank you very much for those who have donated you guys are awesome
0: absolutely thank you and um you know upcoming events we're we're gonna be at DerbyCon. we both have tickets be there be square um tickets by the way you know we didn't talk about this last time but tickets sold out in the in a Three minutes. Earth-shattering three minutes.
1: And there was some controversy and gnashing of teeth about that, let me tell you. Yeah. Because they
0: they Mm -hmm.
1: went on sale early, as they often do, though I was not aware that they go on sale early.
0: Well, usually when it takes hours or days, it doesn't really matter that it went on sale.
1: Exactly. Apparently, I'm just dumb. Uh, This is a tradition that I was unaware of.
0: Again, it doesn't matter if it's, you know...
1: (laughs) So... You know, in this case, I think tickets went on sale at like 1 p.m. or something like that. And I had an alarm set on my phone at 12.58 to remind me to go buy tickets. Right. And I logged in at 12.59 or, or
0: thereabouts. They were gone. Yep. They are gone. I had the like, same experience. It,
1: it not even, wait, what? No. Hey, whose NDP clock is wrong? <laughs>
0: I I predict next year is going to be like ShmooCon, where you're not going to get one if you don't have a um, some kind of sniper bot, trying to.
1: We just have to get better about submitting for CFP.
0: Well, that would that would help. It's I need I need a life. Bu- I need to I need to figure out how to how to get a you life.
1: Are too damn busy for us to work on, on shared prezios.
0: Yes. Anyway. <laughs> the, uh, the, sh- the stories we talked about tonight are on our website at www.defensivesecurity.org. You can follow the show on Twitter at DefensiveSec. You can follow Mr. Callet on Twitter at Lurg. You can follow me on Twitter at Malicious Lincoln. By, by the way, I, s- I don't know if you noticed, but I set up a, uh, set up a new Twitter account last weekend. It was uh, uh, Sun Tzu Cyber. Mm-hmm. And,
1: I've noticed many of the phrases I personally have come good- up with are. Goodness gracious. Without credit to me at all. It's Sun Tzu. I'm just saying. Once again,
0: you're stealing my work for your own benefit. Why would I stop now? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) have a great one, everyone. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.